Hello, everybody. Welcome to the award-winning Goshen News Sports Podcast. Award-winning in our minds, in our hearts, in our souls. Um, awesome enough speaking to you, Evan Lee Pack, with me, of course, of course, as always. Um, Evan? On this somber Tuesday. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk some local stuff a little bit later, but we got to talk about the March Madness Tournament first. Um, Let's not. The random Let's bracket. I had a, I filled out a random <laughs> bracket, just hit the randomizer and, and set it, and it has more Sweet 16 teams in it than my actual bracket. So, if you're wondering how I'm doing. Well, I have four of 16 Sweet 16 <laughs> teams left. I have six. So, <laughs> it was pretty bad. Pretty bad. Uh, as far as great, that goes. great drama. Great uh, excitement with a lot of upsets, but the brackets are... There's a lot of red on this bracket. A lot of red X's. Um, yeah. And also just a lot of sadness from our respective universities that we attended. Um, Missouri what? losing What's to sadness? Oklahoma on Saturday night. And then Florida losing to Oral Roberts. 15-seeded Oral Roberts is in the Sweet 16. How about that? Yeah, it was cool to see the, you know Florida at least win one game. You know, I, I assumed that they Thanks. were they were gonna lose in the first round. Yeah, and then they're up eleven with uh, under ten to go against Oral Roberts, and they slow it down, and the rest is history. Yeah, what's a what's a so, tournament win? I don't know what those are. I went to Missouri, so it was a good game at least. Oklahoma and Missouri, pretty sure. good, pretty good game. Sure, four point game. Yeah, but, uh, great game. And Oklahoma, it. Oklahoma lost to absolutely loved that Gonzaga. Game. Yeah, great by sixteen. Uh-huh. So Missouri yeah. would have uh-huh. lost by twenty. Probably. No, no, so. <laughs> no. We would have lost, but yeah, I mean, thirteen and three and ranked number ten in the country was Mizzou six weeks ago. At least they made it, and you got to be excited about that. At least there was a tournament. I very much enjoyed watching the last four days. Of tournament action. Yeah, it's been a great tournament. You know, it really has. There's been a lot of drama, a lot of excitement. And, you know, even though our black brackets are very bloody, that's, I was trying to say black bloody, bloody. bloody brackets, the bloody brackets. Um, that would be like a swear word in England, the bloody brackets. Um, but just looking at these brackets, man, uh, you know, Gonzaga gets Creighton. USC and Oregon. How about the Conference of Champions, man? Four teams. Bill Walton, man. Bill Walton's Shout excited. Out Bill Walton. <laughs> He's an excited uh, guy. You know, he he picked uh, his Final Four actually had five teams in it. All right. From the Pac-12. All five Pac-12 teams, <laughs> right. And four are still left, so he could still play out. You know, he could get three. He could still get three uh, Pac-12 teams in the Final final Four still, technically. Mm-hmm. So, um, and uh, you have... Uh, yeah, so that's Gonzaga and Creighton, and then USC and Oregon of the West. Over in the East, Michigan and Florida State, 1-4. 11-seed UCLA and 2-seed Alabama. Uh, in the South, 1-seed Baylor, 5-seed Villanova, 3-seed Arkansas, 15-seed Oral Roberts. How about that? Second 15-seed ever, them in Florida Gulf Coast uh, from 2013, Dunk City. Remember those from back in the day? Uh, and then in the Midwest, this is like the – the bloodiest of the four, eight seed Loyola versus twelve seed Oregon State, and eleven seed Syracuse versus two seed Houston. Uh, those are the Sweet Sixteen games. I really don't like Houston to come out of that either. I don't either. To I be think. honest, I like Loyola a lot. They sh- they pretty much manhandled Illinois, like 
if you were watching that game and didn't know which team was the first seed and which one was the eighth seed, you would think you would have thought Loyola was the one seed, given how they played that game. And they they dominated start to finish. It wasn't even really close. So Sister Jean has uh, Loyola losing in the Elite Eight, though. Who did she have? She had them losing to West Virginia, though. So who Still lost to Syracuse? Still who lost to Syracuse. I'm just so. saying, you know, you could you should be able to like amend your bracket as it goes on. So, you know. So, who do you think, uh, we, we, we were kind of joking beforehand that we should get, like, a prize or something if we can guess the Final Four out of this. But I think I'm going still, uh, technically I still have Gonzaga and Alabama alive in my Final Four, so I guess I have to take those two. The, the right side of my bracket is completely done. No Elite Eight teams left, no Final Four teams left, no championship game team left on the right side of the bracket. <laughs> That's just complete garbage. But um, I'll take Arkansas out of the South, and I'll take Loyola out of the Midwest. So Gonzaga versus Alabama, Loyola versus Arkansas, Final Four. That's my Final Four. I really like uh, Florida State and Alabama to be in that Elite Eight matchup. It really is going to be a toss-up. I think Michigan, if they don't have livers, I think Florida State will beat Michigan if that's the case. Alabama can shoot the lights out of the ball they did against Maryland. Scored 96 points, made over 15 threes. I think it was 16 threes, which was a tournament record for them. But, um, yeah, if Alabama shoots like that, they'll – They'll you know cruise to the final four, but Florida State's long, good defensive team, so it's gonna be tough. But I think Florida State inches out against Alabama in the Elite Eight, makes makes the final four. I like Gonzaga, obviously, even though I like USC to give them a hard te- hard time after beating Oregon in the Sweet Sixteen. But I like Gonzaga. It's hard to pick against them, obviously. And then uh, the Midwest region, region, I should say, Loyola. I like Loyola. Um, I don't think Houston's gonna get out of the Sweet Sixteen. It'll be Syracuse against Loyola, and Loyola will win that one. And then uh, I like Baylor out of the South region to beat Arkansas in the Elite Eight. So, yeah. yeah. If Oral Roberts somehow beats Arkansas, man, there might be the team of destiny, and they might just win this whole thing. So, You still got Gonzaga as your natty champion? Yep, yep. I would take Gonzaga over Bama. I'd probably take um, – I just for sentimental reasons, I take Loyola over Arkansas. Why not? Let's do Loyola Gonzaga for the national two mid majors for the national championship. That'd be pretty cool. Uh, but Gonzaga just, you know, they just look like you know the team right now that sh- should win this tournament um, and maybe complete the first undefeated season since 1976. I agree. So I was a big fan of USC last night, though they, they destroyed did a, they, Kansas. Yes, that was great. As a Mizzou alum, it's always fun to watch Kansas get blown out like that. So. Um, but uh, yeah, I, USC I do crushed think, them. I do think it's gonna be Gonzaga and Baylor in the national championship, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm not gonna pick against the Zags. I did that, <laughs> and you know my that team that I picked to win the national championship lost in the round of 32. So it shows you how much I know. Mm-hmm. So I'll pick uh, Gonzaga yeah. over for, Baylor. For weeks, I was telling you that the Big Ten won't get a team into the Final Four, and then I took Ohio State to the national championship game, and they lost to Oral Roberts. So that's oh, what I get. Of course. I get that. I, I got everything I deserved for this tournament. And sure enough, the Big Ten only has one team left. They had nine nine to start. They only have one left in Michigan. How sad is that, huh? Yeah. Big 12. I mean, Big 12 only has one, right? Or do they have two? They have one. Uh, Yeah, one. Just one in one. Baylor. Yeah, Pac-12 has four. That's crazy. UCLA, USC, Oregon, and uh, Oregon State. I was surprised Oklahoma State 
lost to Oregon State. That was a shocker. To that me. was my Final Four, like dark horse kind of pick. That, that was everyone's the trendy final upset four Final Four <laughs> pick. Um, then you love how the trendy upset picks. They, right. you know, Win, I, I, Winthrop my, lost, my Georgetown favorite, lost. Right. My favorite thing is that I picked three 12 seats to win. The only 12 I didn't pick to win was Oregon State, and they're in the Sweet 16. So yeah. go figure. Um, and they've looked good doing it, too. They dominated Tennessee, and they kind of controlled against Oklahoma State the whole way, too. So, yeah. Um, Loyola, better watch out. Yeah. It's going to be a good game between those two, I think. Beavers. Go Beavs. Come through. Go Beavs. Um, so, anyway, uh, our brackets are very sad. And so we'll see how uh, everyone else's brackets do in our tournament challenge uh, later later this week. So I'm sure it's just as bad. Later nothing. in the future of the tournament. So, yeah, I don't know who – like the winning person is going to have like 12 points scored, I think, in our tournament challenge. That's pretty much it. So The winning person just like picked teams by logo and mm-hmm. name and – Geography, right. probably, honestly, and they probably did way better than people who think they know about college. People who actually watch college basketball, like me right. and you. So, oh, I don't watch college basketball. That's a lie. I know. Sure I watch do. a lot of college basketball. <laughs> yeah. I watch uh, too much, probably. I overthought every pick. I think this year. So, I told you though, going into this thing, I'm like, bro, this is probably the toughest bracket I've ever seen as far bro. as like predictions. Bro, tough bro. bracket. <laughs> tough bracket, bro. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and it's already had the most upsets, like statistically upsets in the history of the tournament so far. Like in general, like they the NCAA tweeted out something about you know having a five a margin of five or higher between seed numbers, right? Mm-hmm. Eleven versus six, you know, twelve versus five. We've already had the most upsets in tournament history based on that metric. So and I'm sure we'll get at least a couple more. Right, because so. we had you had a couple thirteens in Ohio, and. Uh, who else was a 13 that won? Abilene was a 14 Christian. North Texas. North Texas. Abilene Christian was a 14 seed that won. You know, 14, 15 seeded Royal Roberts won. Uh, every seed line won at least one game except the 16 seed, if you don't include the first four games, I mm-hmm. guess. but Which you can't because it doesn't, it doesn't count. It does, but it doesn't, you know. So, yeah. anyway, let's talk a little bit about some local stuff that happened in the past week. Uh, we kind of hinted at it at the last podcast, but... Tuesday night, last Tuesday night, the March 16th, Northridge hired a new football coach. Chad Epley is the head man in charge. Uh, 26 years old is Chad. Uh, pretty young guy. He uh, graduated from Wallace High School in 2013. And in that same year, uh, then Wallace coach Tom Wogeman left to go be the Northridge head coach. So now Chad, eight years later, is replacing his former high school coach. So that's pretty cool. Uh, Wogeman went 52 and 34 in eight seasons. Uh, they went to the semi-state in 2014. Nine and they had a 9-0 regular season in 2017. Uh, basically, all of the history of Northridge football was created the last eight years under Tom Wogeman. They pretty much did nothing for the first 40 plus years of its existence as a football program, and then Wogeman came in and led them to tremendous success, unseen previously unseen success. Um, and now Epley inherits that program. Uh, 26 years old, Evan, that's my age and what you'll be in about a couple weeks. So uh, could you imagine being a football coach right now? Don't remind me. Um, well, it sounds like he has the backgrounds where he could be a good high school coach. I think they'll be in good hands. Obviously, he has some big shoes to fill. But uh, I think Northridge will still be a competitive football program mm-hmm. going going into the future here. Yeah. 
is that the, I mean, obviously you went to the meeting and everything. You talked to him. Do you think you think he has what it takes to be good? Yeah, he seems like a pretty uh, poised young, you know, young guy like that where, you know, he commanded the room in the press conference and it was pretty cool. And, uh, you know, he kind of gave some cliched coach answers, you know, but the, the, the good cliched coach answers, I guess. You know, someone asked him about, you know, what they, what they expect to see on the field. And he said, you know, we're going to have – good young men out there playing and it's like it's kind of a cliched answer but also like I'd rather have him say that than be like uh I don't know you know so right uh, I don't know what we're gonna look like uh let, give me give me some time to figure that out you know um yeah man he's obviously like very mature for his age he, you know he's 26 but he's been teaching high school math for four years and he's been around sports you know his whole life and played college football at University of Indianapolis so he's got the background the pedigree to do it um you know, just kind of standing with him. He's an assistant track coach as well. And we were standing outside kind of by the football stadium track ahead of the press conference. And you could see him looking over towards the kids practicing in track. And a lot of the kids were super pumped, like giving them like air high fives and like shaking their hands towards him about, you know, being pumped that he got the head football coaching job. So you could tell that he has a connection with the kids already. Um, So that helps a lot. And I'm pretty sure that's what got him the job for the most part. He's qualified too. It's not a matter of being qualified or not, but mm-hmm. um, he's been on the staff for two years now. So the kids know him. He knows the school. He teaches there. Um, so it makes sense. He's young and I'm sure he w- he'll want to stay there for a while and build that program up into something that could be, you know, maybe they break through that next level. You know, they've been a decent team in my three years here. Uh, you know, injuries kind of derailed their 2018 season. They were playing really well early. And then their best player, Julius Graber, like hurt his knee and he was out. Uh, so that derailed their season. But last year they were six and three, you know, played a tough Leo team in the sectional, led most of the game. Uh, Leo pulled it out at the end. There's a controversial pass interference call, or yeah, it was, yeah, they called it when they shouldn't have probably called it that may have hurt Northridge at the end of the game. Um, Tom Wogeman was not thrilled by that call uh, afterwards. Um, so what's up with these Leo programs getting? I know the Leo of the Leo <laughs> against the NLC man two two straight sports in the in the big time moments get the call. Uh, go figure. But yeah, I think Chad Epley looks like a, a great hire. Uh, you know, I had heard his name being rumored to be the coach, and so when they officially approved him, I wasn't stunned. So. Um, Hopefully he could, you know, lead Northridge. Maybe they win the NLC championship. You know, who knows? It's going to be a tough conference again. Warsaw is good. Northwood is traditionally very good. Concord will be better this year. Um, you know, Wallace showed some promise last year at times. They tr- were trending in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's a deep league. It's a deep conference. So it should be fun. It should be fun to see how, how he does in his first year. So, um, yeah, speaking of... Northern Lakes Conference. We'll keep it in the conference. Had some athletic director news uh, last week as well. Norm Sellers, athletic director at Northwood High School, will, will be retiring at the end of this school year. Uh, he's been the AD there since 2006, the 06-07 school year. Um, during his time as athletic director, the school has won eight regional championships and a 2020 girls basketball state championship as well. Uh, most recent regional was the 2020 boys soccer uh, this past fall. Um, and obviously the girls golf program has grown into one of the best programs, not just in the area, but in the state. 
uh, in recent times. They've gone to five state uh, appearances since 2013, including three in a row. So, um, this second, is kind of like a not non expected thing, right? Was this was this expected, or is this kind of out sellers of the retiring? Yeah. Uh, you know, given this past year, uh, you know, I'm not surprised if anyone involved in schools wants to retire. You've seen a couple of superintendents do it, too. I think the Northridge superintendent, Jane Allen, is going to be retiring at the end of the year. The Wallasee uh, superintendent retired like at the end of the calendar year a couple mm-hmm. months ago. Um, the Goshen superintendent retired back in May, I believe. I'm looking to Sheila to confirm the summertime, summertime. So this is not necessarily surprising in that sense. And also, just in the sports world, Mark Hofer, you know, two weeks ago now, announced he was retiring. From Fairfield as athletic director, right. so his made a little more sense because of what he had to deal with, right? And fight with he, COVID, right? It, Norm, was, you know, you Norm, know, Norm seems like a his, his pretty wife, youngish guy. So he's he's been doing it for a long time, man. He's he's been involved in sports for you know almost four decades in the state, refereeing, coaching, being an AD. Uh, you know, and his wife his wife's been going through cancer treatments, so that mm-hmm. probably plays a factor too, and. I believe his last son, uh, his youngest son, is graduating this year, Kyle. So, you know, all the sons will have gone through the school. Seems like a natural ending point almost. And, you know, like I, he's been, as he said in his uh, press release letter statement thing that he released on Wednesday, um, you know, he's probably logged over 12, what do you say, like, uh, like 12,000 miles probably just doing this job alone, like just wow. driving you know, it's got to be a, more than that, probably even. Uh, but he's been a busy man. You know, he did everything. So um, he's he's an older guy. I'm not I'm not stunned. Um, you know, and I, I remember talking to some people back in December about just in general, like don't be surprised if you see some people retire, resign, whatever, just because this whole past year has been absolutely crazy with the pandemic scheduling. It's just been become way more stressful trying to track through everything and. If you're an older guy, you know, or gal who's been doing it for a long time and you have all this extra stress from this past year, I wouldn't be surprised if that accelerates the retirement, you know, uh, timeline in your brain, you know. Mm-hmm. And this is just purely speculation, but, you know, a lot of the people, a lot of our other ADs are a little older. You know, Darlene Matthew at Westview, uh, Larry Kissinger at Goshen, even Gary Chupp to an extent at, at Bethany Christian. So, you know, Dave Harms at Northridge as well. I I'm not saying these people are retiring or resigning. I'm just purely speculating at this point. But you get older in age and, you know, you know the end of the line is coming and this crazy year happens, it probably gets you thinking about it more and more, I think. That's true. Yeah, I can agree with that for sure. Good analysis. Cool. Um, Awesome. So, yeah, we'll see. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> just giving I mean, you, I'm giving you a hard time. You know, I, uh, yeah, I'm picking up what you're putting you're like, down. You're like bro. you're like Chris Farley in the Chris Farley show skits. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, so congrats to Norm. Uh, he's always been pretty pretty easy to work with for the most part. Um, that's what everyone has. Like same thing with like you're not gonna really run into many people who are hard to work with at this point. Yeah, you know, usually. So, um, I don't know, man, you're pretty hard to work with. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> That's on the record now. It's on the podcast record. I am pretty hard to work with. So, Just uh, so congrats again to Norm. I'm, you know, they have a, you know, one last spring, spring sports season here and, uh, you know, should be exciting. So, 
it's pretty awesome that we do have a spring sports season. At the taping of this podcast, we will, you know, we're just at the precipice of the spring sports season. Is that the right word? Precipice? I hope so. The doorstep. That's what we're going with now. Um, Sheila agrees. So, um, yeah, it's going to be fun, man. I'm, you know, Mother Nature will, of course, rain everything out this week, but that's fine, you know. So It's been a dry March, man. I know, we're due. I think we need some rain. Just just in time for everyone to get back and excited to be playing sports again. Here comes the rain. So At least it's rain and not rain in the form of COVID like last year. You feel me? No. You feel what I'm putting down? Okay. No, because COVID mind. still exists. So. <laughs> well, you know, it's not, like, it's not like at the peak. It's going down. Right. We've got yeah. the vaccine now. Mm-hmm. Sheila was telling us about her vaccine mm-hmm. uh, time. <laughs> she had a student do it. Yeah. That kind of sucks, but at least she has it. You know, she's she's one down. Do you, is it one? Or you, do you have to do two? Is it two? Okay, she has she, to do two shots. Yeah, one more. Okay. So I can't cough on her yet. Dang, that's unfortunate. So that's hilarious. I know. I'm really so funny. funny. I'm Just so joke funny. around about COVID. Yeah, way to, way to take the pandemic seriously, Austin. I know. Thank you. Um. Anyway, quick quick plug for the spring because we are doing Our spring, spring previews. Our spring preview comes out this Friday in the Goshen News print edition as a, like a little insert, and we will have the preview stories posted on our website as well, goshennews.com slash sports. Um, yeah, it's should here. Be, it should be a good amount of content for sure. Yep, it's here, man. Today's going to be a long day. Yes, putting this thing together is, uh, every time we got to do one of these, it's pretty tough, but uh, it's stressful and a lot of work, but... By Wednesday night, we'll be done with it, and it'll run in Friday's paper, and uh, we'll be able to sleep, you know, sleep well. So, we'll feel good too because we accomplished something. Mm-hmm. Pretty decent. We'll have to go out and celebrate with like one beer or something. <laughs> a beer on Thursday. Uh, quickly, uh, and uh, so yeah, let's let's wrap this up by talking about uh, the all area boys basketball team stuff that or content that we released. Not stuff. Um, interesting year. This year, for our boys' basketball slate, a lot of good players, uh, but none of them kind of standing out as much as, like, a Charlie Yoder from the last couple of years. So it made it for an interesting decision. Uh, our Goshen News Boys Basketball Player of the Year is Carter Stoltzfus from Northridge. Uh, Carter ended up finishing, as I get my notes out here, uh, scoring 19 points, four rebounds, three assists, and two steals a game. 998 career points, two points away. Um, so it's tough. Two, two points away from 1,000, that's tough. But still a pretty good career. And uh, I know you and I, we sat down and kind of had a little bit of, little bit of a, de- a debate between him and, and Braden Bontrager from Lakeland as our player of the year. And, you know, Braden was fantastic this season as well. You know, can't take anything away from him. 20 points, 7, 7.8 rebounds, 2 assists, you know, 1,665 career points. Um, it was tough, man. This was, this was a tough choice, uh, for me at least. So. Well, it was for me too. Well, it wasn't for me actually. I mean, I thought Braden should have won it. I understand why he picked Carter. But in my mind, it was just more of an individual award, you know. Mm-hmm. Player of the year, who had the best numbers, who did the most. But yeah, I guess... You know, Lakeland didn't do as well as Northridge, and that was definitely a big, big factor, I, mm-hmm. I suppose for sure. Yeah, and then obviously when it come came down to like naming our first team, second team, third team, 
teams, uh, that's this is what I kind of mentioned about the depth of the year we had where, you know, there was at least seven guys you could make the argument for to be on the first team and, you know, you only take five spots uh, for them, you know. So that's why we had to put uh, Drew Hogan from Goshen and Keaton Dukes from Wallace C on the second team, which, you know, in any other year they might have been first team players. But um, we were in pretty much universal agreement. You know, we were about – you know, putting putting Austin Kripe from West Noble on the first team along with Cade Brenner uh, from Northwood. Both those kids played really, really well this year. So we, you know, that was a, uh, you know, it was a tough call. But I think that, you know, given what they did this year, I think that, that they earned it, obviously. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Austin mm-hmm. Kripe is what made West Noble's offense tick. Cade Brenner is really big in the playoffs, especially. Right. I mean, obviously Keaton Dukes, I would say. Without him, his team wouldn't have gotten as close. Right. They wouldn't have beaten Tippy Canoe, and they wouldn't have been within one against Northwood. Mm-hmm. So he had a heck of a uh, playoff run as well. So yeah, and Hogan too. I mean, Hogan it made Goshen what they were this year as well. I mean, they weren't they were they struggled obviously, but without him, who knows what it could have been? <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, he's pretty valuable. So uh, he's a great he's a great overall athlete too. He's going to do track in the spring and run cross country and stuff. So. Um, yeah. Next, next so, year he's got a shot to be player of the year, depending on how they do, because they have a lot coming back. Yeah. So they're going to have a lot of experience. So we expect, we obviously, we both expect Goshen to be a lot better next year, mm-hmm. and uh, he could be at the forefront of that. So. Right. Kripe, Brenner, Hogan, Dukes, Brady Yoder, Mason Yoder, Beck Willems all coming back. So seven of our top 10 players are all coming back next yeah, year. Th- I mean, in theory, you know, you all those guys have a chance to potentially win player of the year. Uh, it's mm-hmm. going to be tough to pick against Cade Brenner if he evolves even further. Right. Northwood's going to be good again next yeah. year. So, Yeah, he was looking fantastic down the stretch. Um, you know, put up 27 points against Newcastle in the regional semi. Uh, basically won the regional championship game, had it taken away from them against Leo of all teams. Leo mm-hmm. has cursed the NLC this year, as we already established. So, um yeah, so we took Hogan Dukes, Brady Yoder, Mason Yoder from Westview, and the, or no, Brady Yoder, Mason Douglas, excuse me, from Lakeland, and Beck Williams on our second team, and then Ian Rosh from Northwood. Uh, sorry, we took Mason Yoder and Mason Douglas on the second team. Brady Yoder got the third team. You're getting sorry. tied. I know. I'm I'm looking at the list that I hadn't updated completely yet, um, and getting myself all sorts of confused. Um, too many Yoders. That's that's the thing. Too many Yoders. Um, We're in Yoder country. We are. Anyway, Brady Yoder, Ian Rosh from Northwood, uh, Zavin Koltukian from Concord, Peyton Fish also from Concord, Tyson Chupp from Bethany. So of our 15 players, I mean, Stolzfus, Stolzfus, Smith, and Bond Traeger from the first team will graduate. No one from the second team graduates. And then only Fish and Douglas from the third That's team. That's a lie. Mason Douglas was a senior, wasn't he? Yeah, sorry. Douglas graduates, sorry. Again, haven't looked at I'm not looking at the best list right now. Douglas graduates from the second team. And then Peyton Fish in the third team. Yeah. So five of the fifteen. So ten ten are coming back next year. So it's pretty good. This was like I like I said, it was kind of an interesting season in that sense where like a lot of teams were young and a lot of teams, you know, there wasn't many with like a lot of seniors where like next year you might see that. You know, Northridge and Lakeland were the only two teams that like were senior heavy from our area. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be interesting to see next year how they do. 
excuse me, but Northwood pretty much has everyone coming back. West Noble has a lot coming back. Goshen has a lot coming back. You know, Concord has most of its team coming back. Like, some good, uh, could be some good teams next year in the area. Let's definitely. Get, let's get a team to state. What do you say? I let's do it. Sure. Yep, you and I will go out there. We'll put a team together and go to state. I'm trying to cover a state game. Mm-hmm. I think I think we have a couple teams that could potentially get that far. We'll see. Hey, Northwood, you know, who knows? Mm-hmm. That could be the team in 3A to be, keep, keep an eye on. You know, St. Joe won't have uh, J.R. Kuzniski next year. You know, Leo, I think some of their guys are graduating too. Some of their bigger guys are going. So, could be Northwood's year the, next the, year. The, the path could be there for Northwood potentially. Aaron Wolf might finally break through to semi-state. Mm-hmm. He was our coach of the year, by the way. Good segue, I guess. We didn't talk about him yet. Um, you know, taking a team with one senior to one to being one second away from a regional championship is pretty impressive. So Definitely. Especially yeah. against a team that beat South Bend St. Joseph and who is now going to be at state. So mm-hmm. even more impressive. Felt uh, I don't I don't know if you noticed, but Leo won against St. Joe on a layup with one point three seconds left. Funny how that works, right? Funny how that works out. Uh, and they were down by double digits at halftime too. Mm-hmm. So shout out Cade Brenner. Um, 1.3 seconds. Something cruelly, cruelly ironic about that. So quit, quit opening up old wounds, bro. I know. <laughs> First we talked about the Gators and Mizzou. Now we're uh, talking about Cade Brenner and all that. But uh, yeah, so should be another uh, you know interesting week here in the local sports scene. Track and softball get going like kind of in full this week. Uh, in the high school spring sports world, like we mentioned, we have our spring sports preview section coming out uh, on Friday and then starting Monday the 29th baseball boys golf girls tennis are all eligible to start playing games Uh, most golf doesn't start till after the spring break but uh, baseball gets going in full on Monday and girls tennis gets going in full on Monday and Tuesday as well Uh, so we've made it like we're here we got the spring sports this time last year, I know we, people will say that a hundred million times in the next you know week or two. This time last year, you know we were watching Tiger King in our apartments, and now you know we're here. You know, so you I know, enjoyed Tiger King. I did as well. Um, COVID numbers are going down. Sheila disagrees. <laughs> <laughs> COVID COVID numbers are going down. Vaccination numbers are going up. The weather is getting nicer. Everyone's going back outside. I am. I don't know what the quality of play will be this spring because everyone is working off of two years now of like reference points. It's probably gonna take them, but a little bit of time maybe. To but get we're playing. I'm very, very optimistic that we will get through this spring relatively unscathed with our only like with our biggest issue being the weather. Basically, that's my when when rain is our biggest concern at this point. Like that's pretty good. Agreed. So, and with that. We'll wrap up this edition of the Goshen News Sports Podcast. We will be back next week. Talk a little bit about uh, any remnants of the brackets that we have. Um, it's going to be Final Four by then. I think, well, the last day of the Elite Eight. Oh, is that By the time we tape the podcast. Because yeah, it's Sunday, Monday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Sunday, Saturday, Saturday Sunday, Sunday, Monday, Monday Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. Sorry. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday this week. So we'll have half the Final Four. We will have half the Final Four set. So, should be fun. Should be a fun debate. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about any spring sports happenings. If anything else decides to 
break during the middle of the week, you know, news-wise. And a uh, chance to throw one. Yeah. At this rate, yeah. You never know. So, thank you everyone for listening, and we'll be back next week. <laughs>